What's up, football fans? Welcome to Role Models, the number one fantasy football podcast for the COVID bubble league. I am your host, Chip Sirefield, joined by the Mel to my Sue, Brian Wolf. Hey, everyone. I uh, hope everyone's having a good week so far. I know I am. I'm uh, starting off 1-0 for the first time in three years of doing fantasy, so I'm uh, riding a high right now. Feels good, man. And now we'll do some news from the league. All right, we'll uh, jump into some injuries. This week, it hurt a lot of people. Starting off with Debo Samuel, I think his is a few weeks, but unsure. I mean, it hurts Peter, but at least it wasn't a top pick. Now, this is one that really hits close to home. George Kittle uh, went down with a hit on Sunday's game. I don't know if you saw it or not, but... uh, I I think he might try to play through it. It doesn't seem to be like it's going to be too bad, but uh, that's something to keep an eye on. And uh, do you want to know who his backup is, Chip? I would love to know who his backup is. Mr. Floppy Toes Jordan Reed is the backup on the Ooh, 49ers. I haven't heard that name in a few years. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, not something you're super excited for. So best wishes to Kittle. Hopefully he uh, stays healthy. Cortland Sutton, another one that went down, uh, was like almost right before the game when you found out about it. So that kind of hurt. Again, not too much draft capital in him. But moving on to Allie. Allie got the double running back whammy. James Conner goes down after like six carries for nine yards. Ouch. And now Tomlin is not sure when he's going to come back. Says he's going to be week to week. That sucks. And... The uh, icing on top of that, Allie's other running back, Marlon Mack, this is a for sure done for the season, torn Achilles on the first game of the year. That that was honestly terrible. It sucked to see that happen because he was going to be projected to have a good year and just uh, make big things happen. Uh, another first or second round loss here. John lost himself a Michael Thomas. That feels terrible, especially since... It was like one of the last plays of the game that it happened. I don't know. From what the coach says, it's going to be a few weeks, and it's a high ankle sprain, which may not heal for the whole duration of the season, depending on if uh, Michael Thomas wants to actually tough it out and play through it. Mitch and I can both uh, sit here and kind of wallow in our sorrows with the two wide receivers for uh, – Tampa Bay. I didn't hear what happened with Evans, if you want to enlighten me on that uh, chip, but I know Chris Godwin, news got released today that he's in concussion protocol. Unsure if he's going to play this weekend. That sucks. He was my third pick overall, but we'll see. He'll at least only be out, hopefully, just one, maybe two weeks at the most. So Mike Evans had a hamstring thing. He played in week one, but he was kind of irrelevant for the game so for fantasy that sucks but week two i think he should be all right he was on the field he looked fine just wasn't very involved yeah this might if uh, godwin's out this week this might be the redemption game for evans yeah no kidding plus i'm feeling really good about my scotty miller pickup Ooh, i know that was a that was clutch all right so moving on to waivers there was a bunch of waivers this week i overpaid 
for a spot start in Paris Campbell. I panicked. I didn't want to start Nikhil Harry because he's questionable. And I paid $8 uh, against nobody. Nobody else bid. Three defenses were picked up to stream. None had any other bids on them. I thought that was interesting. Three different people picked three different defenses. Freeman was picked up. Devonta Freeman picked up and dropped uh, again. So, yikes. Allie, Allie, I'm looking at you. You should probably pick up Freeman because you have zero RBs. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he gets employed somewhere soon. Now, on to trades. Not much was going on. Chris and I were back and forth a little bit yesterday. So to give you a little insight, I'm trying to get his Tony Pollard and I would give him my Alexander Madison because they would be our backups for each of our teams. And I was like, all right, that seems like a fair trade. Two like really late pickups, you know, just kind of handcuffed kind of deal. Nope. Chris counters with, he wants Alexander Madison and Chris Godwin. He would give me Tony Pollard and 20 fab. I was about ready to throw my phone through the window when he said 20 fab for Chris Godwin. Bro. Like, that is just a slap to the face. 20 bucks. Are you kidding me? Not for a third-round pick. Get out of here. Yeah, he's a wild card. You know what I mean? Who knows what is going through that kid's head? $20 is what's going through his head. (laughs) The segment this week, we're going to do overreactions to week one. We received some feedback from the first episode of this year, and the feedback was that we didn't do enough analysis on our power rankings. So instead of taking that feedback and being constructive with it, we're just going to lean into it and not do any analysis, just do our gut reactions to week one. Here we go. All right, so... uh... My first gut reaction is James Conner is still a glass cannon. Did I use it correctly, Peter? I hope I did. You can you can minute mark this one. But yeah, like, I mean, that was a big concern coming into the season was that, yeah, he's going to be good if he doesn't get hurt. And what do we see 10 minutes into the game? He's hurting out for the game. So God only knows how actually useful he's going to be this year for anyone's team. Agreed. It's going to be a shady backfield with Benny Snell looking good in that game. Who knows who starts week to week. Mm-hmm. So my first ever reaction is that Chris Thompson is dead to me. One of my overreactions is, and it, this one hurts because it's my, uh, my home team, but the Browns look like garbage again. Baker just... I mean, Baker looked like he could stay a little more calm in the pocket, which was a really good thing to see, except he's still overthrowing people by like 10 yards. So I don't I don't know. I don't know if it's the fact that they didn't have any preseason or what the deal is, but all this hype about Baker being better this year doesn't seem to be uh, coming to fruition, at least quite yet. Joe Burrow's so good and Baker still sucks. Woo! Hey, he had one game. Give it a Dude. give it a minute. Yeah, we'll give it tomorrow. You know, I what guess I mean? it's true, yeah. Have an actual defense run after him. Yeah, well. My next overreaction is that Malcolm Brown will win me the league this year, baby. I accidentally didn't draft any usable running backs except for <laughs> Josh Jacobs. And now I might accidentally have a second one. Let's go. Until Cam Akers replaces him. 
dude, I if he doesn't look good, dude, in week two, I'm feeling good about Malcolm Brown. And if they come out and Malcolm Brown looks real bad week two, I will cry and probably lose. <laughs> All right, here's uh, here's my bold take of the year. I don't know who's gonna get Trevor Lawrence after 17 games. Because right now, week one, it looks like everyone actually wants to win. Like, I know there was, you know, rumors kind of banter that the Jaguars are going to be going for him, trying to replace Minshew. But Minshew is making damn sure that that's a tough decision if it ever gets to him. What's your take? Like, I really can't say who's actually going to end up worst in the league this year just based off week one, at least when they're trying to tank. No, I completely agree. I thought the Jags were an easy tanking for Trevor team. And Minshew is going to make it hard, dude. He looks legit. He's playing his heart out out there. And they just don't have any pieces around him except for the wide receiver, DJ Chark, who broke out last year. And you know who their tight end is? Isn't it Tyler Eifert? It is Tyler Eifert, <laughs> former Bengal. So that's kind of fun. But yeah, I thought they would tank. All right, my final overreaction from week one is that there are going to be several teams this year that have a whole wide receiving core of usable pieces. You got the Panthers, the Steelers, the Falcons, and Green Bay, all with three usable wide receivers. And it's kind of wild. I mean, you've seen it in the past from Green Bay specifically, especially when they don't have much of a running game. Remember the Eddie Lacy years. And the Falcons, you have always see Matty Ice throw for 5 million yards. But the Panthers with Teddy Bridgewater is interesting. They have a lot of young talent there, and they looked pretty usable. And the Steelers, always good at drafting wide receivers. And as long as Big Ben stays healthy, they always have a good receiving core. Mm -hmm, For sure. And kind of piggybacking off your point, it seems to be that a lot of teams are starting to lean towards committee backfields now. I don't know if that's just the new time that we're living in with COVID. You don't know if someone's just going to go out one week, so you want to make sure everyone's got a little game experience. But like like you said, it's nice because now like if someone goes down, you at least have some options at running back. But like it also really starts to detract away from a lot of running backs out there. Like I'll give you an example, Kareem Hunt and... Nick Chubb, like both of them are great football players, but Chubb, I think, is really, really going to underperform where his ADP was this year just because of the fact that they use Hunt all over the place. They did on Sunday, at least. Agreed. Do you know who the only running back to get 100% of his team snaps were this week? Yeah, it was like James Robinson, wasn't it? Yeah, for the Jaguars. (laughs) And it's just, I don't know why they didn't use Chris Thompson, but they didn't. And you're right, committee backfields, it's going to make it hard to pick out running backs because they're just going to eat into each other's production. So I usually target known bell cow backs. It didn't work for me last year. I thought James Conner and Chris Carson would have been bell cow backs last year. They were until they got hurt, and it makes it hard. I mean, look at Indianapolis. You have two very usable running backs there, but... Who gets the touchdowns is really who will pop off. Yeah, it's a makes makes it tough to, like you said, really pick someone who you think is going to have a great week or secure you a win. It's more of a dice roll nowadays. Hundred percent makes it tougher. 
All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the podcast this week. Wolfie, you have any words of wisdom for the way out? Uh, not words of wisdom, just words of affirmation, actually. I've uh, I've received two individual texts this week of some shit talking going on, and I love to see that. We're already starting. It's only week two, but, you know, that's what that's what keeps the... You know, the fantasy season going so it keeps it interesting. The little little week-to-week uh, grudge matches that you have maybe from people who beat up on you last year, you know, stole picks away from you. But I like to see that we're having a nice active league this year. 100%, dude. And if you can shit talk while using a very good gif like Peter pulled off this week, that, <laughs> that that's bonus points. That's icing on top of the cake. Yeah, a little Mulan action. You don't see that every day. You just don't see it. Oh my god, I took a screenshot. I didn't stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>